Jehovah Jireh. God, you see way off. Even before it happens, God, you already know. So we thank you that you are our supplier in every area of our lives on today. And Father, I thank you that you are a healer on today because you're Jehovah Rapha. So I command healing from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. I command healing in the midst of your people. I thank you, Father God, that even on this day, Father God, not only are we healed, God, but again, you have given us each day our daily bread. So we thank you for this day that we're in and for what you have already given unto us. And Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of our sin. So, Father, I speak that the blood covers us right now in the name of Jesus. God, I bind every principality, every power, every spirit of wickedness in high places, every spirit of darkness. I command you to bow down right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the authority that you have given us, God, to speak those things that be not as though they were. So, Father, I thank you that as we go into the word of God, the word of life on today, your people are quickened. They are made alive by the word of God. And, God, I thank you that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me because I have been crucified with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We have been um, teaching on grave clothes, and guess what? We're not finished. God is doing a work here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, and we're going to continue to allow him to do that work. Amen. Amen. Now, in prayer this week, God was showing me something, and I always ask God, God, what is your heart? Because sometimes we always go into prayer, and we never have a conversation with God. We always go into prayer asking for something. But we should ask God, what's on your heart for today, God? What did you have to say? And God was telling me, he said, my people are not pressing. He said, my people are not pressing. I said, God, what do you mean by your people are not pressing? He said, when things go on in their lives, they're not pressing their way through it. He said, they're just giving up on it, just like I'm not God. And that thing really sunk deep within because we as Christians don't think that you're not going to have trials. Don't think that you're not going to have tribulations. Don't think that things are not going to knock on your door. Because the higher you go up in him, things come at you. And they come at you to stop you from being who you are now that you're in Christ. I say, okay, God, you say your people are not pressing. He reminded me of the woman with the issue of blood. And all of us are familiar with this woman. This woman had an issue, and being that she had this issue, she could not be in public. She had to be shut off from people. She used all of her money to go to physicians. She used all that she had, and the physicians could not even save her. So this is what we do. I'm getting to the pressing part. This woman recognized she did have an issue, but the thing was, when everything was depleted, see, this is what we do. We say we trust God. We say we know God. We say we have a um, relationship with God. But we don't start really pressing until man can't do it no more. This is what God is talking about. He said we don't press our way through until man can't do it no more. See, what you got to understand, man is not God. So you cannot wait on man to heal you, deliver you. Say, man couldn't even save you. This is why he had to come down out of heaven and take the form of man to come in the flesh to save the whole world because man could not even save himself. So God said, my people are so dependent on man that they have stopped pressing. So then he went on to tell me, he said, I want you to see this woman. He said, this woman, she couldn't get it from man no more. So what did she do? When she heard, God said, that's just how much I love you. Even though you give up on me, I don't give up on you. He said, this woman, when she heard about Jesus, she still had to press. She said, in spite of her situation, she had to press her way through the crowd with that issue. 
He says, some of us in church have issues, but we don't want to press because we get so ashamed of what's going on in our lives. We don't even want to press our way to come to church, to come to Bible study, to come get the word. We still lay in our mess. But when she heard about Jesus, she pressed her way through the crowd. She had a made up mind. She said, if I could just, if I, she forgot about who was around her. She forgot about her issue. She forgot about the shame and the disappointment that people would put upon her. She said, if I could just press. She said it within over and over and over again. She said, if I could just press my way to Jesus. She said, I know I'll be healed. And she pressed. And in your pressing, sometimes you got to get low. Some of us don't want to get low. But she pressed her way to Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus recognized that touch. And he said, who touched me? And that woman was made whole. God said, now that's what I'm talking about when it comes to pressing. He said, we give up too quick. God said, my people are not pressing. Amen. And God wants you to press no matter what it looked like or appear to be. And then he reminded me, he said, did you not know I give you what you need to press? I gave her what she needed to press through that crowd. I gave it to her because her focus was on me and not on her surroundings. Amen. So let's continue with grave clothes. We've been coming out of St. John, the 11th chapter. And I'm just going to talk about it. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going somewhere else. And we were coming out of this chapter where we know that Lazarus had died and Jesus came in on the scene after four days to resurrect um, Lazarus because he was the resurrection and the life. And we know that there was some doubt there when it came to Lazarus coming back to life because they said if you had been here, um, Lazarus would not have died. But Jesus knew who he was. So we have to know who we are in him. We have to know what's in us. So when we come up on any situation, we're going to bring life to that dead situation. So we know that Jesus say remove the stone. And we talked about things that are in our lives that have to be removed. And the word is what comes to remove those things in our lives. Nothing else can remove anything in your life except the word of God. Because what happens is it keep coming back. It keep coming back. But when the word came in on the scene, he said, remove the stone. They removed the stone and Jesus began to call Lazarus forth. So we know that once we hear the word of God and we accept what Jesus have done, his death, burial and resurrection, we are born again. We are resurrected. We have a new life in Christ Jesus. But when Lazarus come forth, He was bound in grave clothes. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And you may be seated on that. So he told them to loose him and let him go. But because he was bound. And some of us in church don't even realize that we're still bound with some things in our lives that's keeping us from moving forward in the things of God. Don't think just because you save, you don't have something going on. Because all of us in here have something going on. We have an issue in our lives that we need to take care of. And the only way it can be taken care of is through the word of God. Last week, we talked about grave clothes dealing with rejection. We talked about Leah and we talked about Rachel and and Jacob and how Jacob worked seven years for um, Rachel. But he ended up with Leah. And Leah was already um, looking at herself as being rejected because of her appearance and how Rachel, you know, um, was beautiful. And they said that her eyes was crossed or something was going on with Leah. So rejection was already there in Leah. And we see how Jacob, he rejected her when he saw that it was not Rachel She was rejected then. So she ended up having children and God saw that she was hated, meaning that she was not loved. 
So she called her children based on how she felt. See me, hear me, be attached to me. And this is what we do in the body of Christ. Some of us want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be attached to. And the spirit of rejection or the stronghold of rejection will have you feeling like one of the least, will have you trying to get people to notice you by doing certain things to be noticed. So we talked about rejection and the way to overcome rejection is through the love of God. We also talked about rejection could be in the womb. When a mother is carrying a child and that mother has, um, is carrying that child and the mother has been rejected, that child is feeding off that rejection and that wound. So when that child come out, that child is rejected. So we're telling women, you have to guard your wound. When your child is in your womb, you don't do any and everything. And we have to be so careful with that. But today, what the Lord was giving me for today is dealing with, go with me to Isaiah the 14th chapter, and I want to talk about grave clothes of pride. I want to talk about grave clothes of pride because some of us don't even realize we are prideful. In Isaiah, the 14th chapter, this is what it said. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? So this is what God was telling Isaiah. This is what happened to Lucifer. This is the why he was cast down from heaven. It says, this is what he said, for thou hast said in thine heart. I'm going to stop right there. We have to look at where all this was coming from. It was coming from within. It was coming from his heart. So he said, for thou hast said in the heart, the heart is within, it's things that you hold on the inside of you, they end up coming out of you. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. You can tell where a person is by what they are saying unto you. So this was coming from Lucifer's heart. So understand that pride comes from within. And this is one thing that Jesus was saying that defiles a man is pride because it comes from within. It makes you unclean. So the enemy had this pride from within. And this is what he was saying. I want y'all to catch this. I will ascend. He said, I will. When you look at pride, it's P-R-I-D-E. In the middle is that I. P-R-I-D-E. So that I is in the middle, meaning that it want to be exalted. That person want to be exalted. That person want to be praised. He said, I will ascend. Ascend means to go up, be high. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt. They go exalt. To lift oneself up, to rise. There go two words. I will ascend, I will exalt my throne. He go above. Above is higher than the stars of God. So right here he was saying, this is what I will do. I will ascend, I will exalt my throne above, higher than the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount. See that mount is like a mountain and it's like a high mountain or a hill. So look at him. He want to be high. He want to go up high. He want to be above. This is what Lucifer is saying. He said of the congregation in the side of the north. Then he said, I will ascend. He go ascend again. I will ascend to go up high above the heights of the clouds. So he was saying a height is high, but he said, I'm going to even go above that. This is what I want to do. He said, I will be like the most high to make oneself like. This is what Lucifer was saying. And the most high is El Elyon. So he wanted to be above God. He wanted to be exalted. So this is the enemy plan, y'all. It was all about him. And God saw this. So this is why he was cast out of heaven, because of pride. And this is what the enemy used in the body of Christ is pride because people want to be exalted. They want to be above everybody else. And I'm going to tell you, this room is full of pride. You can say it's not, but everybody in this room have some pride. Don't even say you don't. We're going to bind that story you done told or that lie you done told. Because people say, I don't have pride. I'm going to prove to you today that everybody in this room have some pride. You can say what you want, but you need to recognize what you have. And you need to deal with it through the word of God. Because if you don't deal with pride, pride will deal with you. 
So the enemy here, it starts off with him and it's showing how he wanted to be exalted. He wanted to be above God. So pride is dealing with self-exaltation. It's all about you. It ain't about nobody else. Being prideful is being very selfish. And it's a part of rejection because it's saying, see me, hear me, be attached to me. It's all about me. It's not about you. I want accolades in the house of God. I want people to recognize my talent. I want people to recognize what I do. Let me tell you how the enemy does with some people with pride. Some people try to hide behind pride to make people think they're not prideful. How do they do it sometimes? They try to say, you know, I could do better. Um, You know, I'm not like everybody else. They do it in a little sneaky way just for people to tell them, no, you do good in that. No, I wouldn't let nobody else do it with you. See, they being lifted up. But they do it in a sneaky way. Or you may come to somebody and you may say, well, you know, um, um, you were really used today. Well, yeah, God did what he needed to do, didn't he? All glory goes to God. That's sneaky too. Because deep down in their heart, they knew that they did what needed to be done. And they was leaving God out of it. But they don't want you to know that they're prideful. But eventually, it's going to come out one way or another. So God took me right back to the Garden of Eden. And this is what Satan was doing. His mean tactic is pride. He want to be above God. He want to be lifted up, but he need people to exalt him to lift him up. So when he went into that garden, how he got pride in there was using deception. Pride is built on deception. It want people to think that it ain't them, it is the other person, but it's actually that person that want to be exalted. So what did he tell Eve? You will be like God. If you eat from that tree, you're going to be like God. So we see it was what the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life he wanted to be lifted up and guess what happened they lost their position and guess what he became the god of this world and that's what he wanted didn't he say what he was going to do it was all about him we have to recognize what's in our lives because if we don't recognize what's in our lives we cannot move forward in the things of god that's why god said we got to take off these grave clothes and one grave clothes is pride now he showed me in the word of god and i pray that you stay awoke to hear what god has to say so you will know how pride can attach to your life he began to show me in the word of god dealing with how pride want position Pride always want a high position, and what pride will do is move somebody out of position just to get that position, and how pride does it is deceitfully. When we go back to Miriam and Aaron, and we know that they were both Moses' uh, sister and brother, they um, were talking about Moses. Y'all remember when Miriam was complaining about her own brother because he had married this Cushite woman, but that was not the problem. The problem was she wanted to be in the position that Moses was in and she couldn't have that position because God put him there he did not put himself there we're seeing so many church folks trying to take positions that God did not put you in that's a form of pride that's where pride start pride want to be high above everybody else so this is what she done she began to, to complain against Moses have not God spoken by us too by the way she was a prophetess Aaron was a prophet Moses was a prophet, but I'm going to put this in in your ears. Moses was a high prophet. He was above them because God put him above them. Moses was more seasoned than they were. So God knew the position that Moses held. But Miriam wanted Moses' position. Come on, Miriam was prophesying. She was a prophet. She was prophesying. That wasn't good enough. I want Moses' position. So what did she do? She began to talk against Moses. That's a form of pride. Pride will come in and try to make other people look at the person God has chosen so they can be put down and so the other person can be exalted. Y'all, God is doing a work up in here. God is exposing some things. So we began to put down Apostle Amanda and we began to say, God talks to all of us. He don't just talk through her. He don't just give her stuff for people that come in here every Sunday. He give it to everybody else too. She don't give nobody else a chance. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 
That's a form of pride. That's a form of wanting to be exalted above whom God has put in position. Uh huh. Then we go, and I'm going to give you all word. Then we go through the word of God, and then we deal with Korah. Oh, Korah, he was a Levite. He helped out in the temple. Come on, that was a high position for Korah. He was helping out in the temple. But one day it come upon um, Korah. Let me tell you how sneaky Korah was. Go with me to number 16. Tell your neighbor, say, if you follow along, you'll learn something about you. So when we look in the word of God dealing with Korah, he got 250 in verse 2, it said, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princesses of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of Rion. So that means he got people that was in position. He got leaders that was in position and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourself above the congregation of the Lord. Look how they were bringing false accusation against Moses, saying Moses was lifting himself up. That's pride. Moses began to fall on his face. That's humility. Even though they were talking Moses down, Moses began to pray for the ones that was talking about him. He began to humble himself. But Korah was not coming against Moses. He was coming against God. But what he did, he was deceiving the people. He was making the people think that Moses was trying to be higher than what he was. See, this is what pride do in the body of Christ. It talks about the ones that God put in position to make people look at them differently and say things about the ones God have put in position so they can take that higher road. That's pride. So you need to recognize it in the word of God. Pride would do this. When someone began to tell you how they're learning something, maybe coming through Miracle Temple, maybe coming through another church, and they begin to tell you how the pastor really taught on that day. When somebody come back in and say, well, actually, that ain't what God was really saying. That's pride. Because that person want to be seen. That person want a high position of authority. That person wants somebody else to know that they know. So they got to bring it down so they can be looked up to. I'm seeing a conversation right now where somebody is putting somebody down and the person is here now and they above that person. That's what pride look like. Pride want to be lifted up. Pride want to be exalted. Pride don't want nobody to tell you nothing. Pride don't want to shut up. Pride want to always say, you can't tell me. That's a prideful person. And God resists the proud. But he gives grace unto the humble. It's an abomination to be prideful. That's one of the six sins, seven sins God hates, according to Proverbs, the sixth chapter. It's pride. And the enemy knows that. And that's what he used for ammunition. Come on, all of us want to be looked up to by our parents, by our children, by people on our job, our boss. We want somebody to say, Good job, but you shouldn't let good job go to your head and think you above the one that told you you were doing a good job. Come on, it's pride in the house. Look at your neighbor. Say, pride is here. Say, pride is showing his head. Okay. So we see in the word of God where pride is being um, shown. Now, y'all, I'm going a little bit deeper. I'm just going to take you through the word of God and show you how pride is in the midst of us in the body of Christ. And it shows its head every day. And some of us miss it because we're not in the word the way we need to be in the word to recognize these grave clothes that people are wearing. Pride and rejection, they kind of hang out together. Because a rejected person want to be seen. A rejected person want people to look at them. And pride want to be on top. It don't want to be on the bottom. God began to show me another person. Y'all remember Nebuchadnezzar. 
He had a dream in Daniel 4, and Daniel was the one to interpret that dream. And Daniel told him what the dream was really about, how God had given him a kingdom, and how the kingdom come from God. It was nothing that Nebuchadnezzar had done. This is what we have to realize, people of God. What you have ain't based on your doing. It's based on God. It's based on what, where God want to place you. It's not based on how you feel or just what you need to be doing. If God said that you need to be an usher, then that's what you need to be doing. I don't care if you know the word from the front to the back, from the back to the front. If God has placed you in an usher position, you stay in that position. It ain't for you to come up here and think you're supposed to preach. You stay where God puts you. You humbly submit yourself up under the mighty hands of God. And God will exalt you in due season. It ain't for you to exalt yourself. It ain't for you to get up here and give what uh, us should do and how well you do it and begin to preach. That's exalting yourself. You want people to see what you do. Anytime you want people to see what you do, that is pride. It is not about you. God created us to bring glory to him and not to bring glory to ourselves. It's all about him. Y'all, why do you think God broke me down? I have been crucified with Christ. Because it's no longer I, there go that I, who live. But it is Christ who lives in me. See, I had to die in order for him to live in me. Some of us ain't dead yet. We still want to be up high. We want people to know what we can do. I can sing. I can dance. You want people to tell you how good you sing, how good you dance, how good you preach, how good you know the word. You wouldn't know nothing if it wasn't for God. All glory, all praise, all honor, it goes to him. And when someone tell you God really used you from deep within, you should say, yes, he did. He really used me because I know it wasn't me. I know it was the spirit of the living God that come upon me to do the work. You should humbly submit yourself up under his mighty hand and he will exalt you in due season. But we got to have a spirit of humility. And some of us in the body of Christ don't want nobody telling you nothing. Because you, you want to be top dog. You want people up under you. You don't want nobody telling you this is what you need to do. So if you don't get top ring, you move out the way and you find another way for people to hear you, see you, and be attached to you. That's pride. You don't want to be mentored by nobody else. You want them, you want to mentor somebody. Oh, I'm going deeper in the word of God. So Nebuchadnezzar, he got warned. One thing about God, God don't leave us ignorant, y'all. When you're doing something out of his will, God always sends somebody and tell you what you're doing. Daniel told him what he was doing. But do y'all know what this man had the audacity to do after Daniel told him what the dream was about. This man had a nerve right after the dream was interpreted. In verse 30, he said, and Daniel 4, the king spake. Verse 29, at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, is not this great Babylon? that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. He said everything that was done, it was because he done it. Women, let's be honest with ourselves and gentlemen as well. We put ourselves and say, if I don't do this or if I don't do that, it won't get done. That's a form of pride. If I don't clean the house, if I don't mow the yard, if I, that's a form of pride. Because we make it all about what we do and we put the other person down and we say it in front of our children. So the children will look up to the mother or look up to the father, vice versa, more than the other, because they feel like if I go to mama, it's going to get done because mama got preeminences over daddy. 
Because if mama don't pay bills, they won't get paid. If mama, see, we're raising our children up in pride to get them to see us. We want to put down the man that's bringing in the bacon. While you sitting home watching as the stomach turns, he give you the money and you mess up the money and you don't want kids to know you messing up the money, but you want them to think that it's because of you y'all have what you have. It's because of he got out of the bed and he went out there and got the money and he trusted you with the money. Now you want to look like you done something. Same thing with, a, with the woman. The man is at home, don't want to work. Woman out there doing everything she can do, working two jobs. He at home won't even mow the yard, but asking for money to get the yard mowed, making the children think that he's doing everything, but it's the wife doing everything, and she's so humble. She don't say anything because if truth be told, it's going to come out one way or another. Come on, y'all, pride is dangerous. Pride is like poison in the body of Christ. Pride will hurt somebody to get what pride wants. So we see how he was saying, I have this kingdom because of what I done. What happened? He ended up being turned into a four-footed beast. He became humble. And after he became humble, he recognized this is God's kingdom. I wouldn't have what I have if it wasn't for God. Y'all, we should not wait on to be made humble to acknowledge that everything that we have comes from God. And we wouldn't have nothing if it was not for God. We have to know the clothes that we're wearing because pride is an abomination to God. He resists the proud. He hates pride. And when you know what God hate, you should hate, and you have the Holy Spirit to show you when you're operating in pride. I'm going to tell you another form of pride that happens in marriage. If your husband tells you something, and all of a sudden you feel a boiling up in you, like in your mind, you can't tell me nothing. I don't know who you think you are trying to tell me something and smiling all along. you prideful. Because on the inside, from within, you mad. Oh, God is talking to somebody. You can show them pearly whites or whatever you want to show. But you know deep down on the inside, you want to be in control. And you acting like everything is okay and you a loving wife because you go to miracle temples and, and everything is all good. But deep down on the inside, you cussing him out. You saying what you ain't going to do, but yet you're doing it. That's pride. Or pride would just come right out and say, you ain't my mama. You ain't my daddy. You don't tell me what to do. It's because of me. You where you are. Have y'all ever heard any of these conversations? Come on. Even within, what's it within end up coming out of you? So we have to understand that God said we are wearing grave clothes in the body of Christ and some of us are not willing to take these clothes off. We want people to see us. And the thing with pride is if people is not recognizing you, you're going to get rid of that person. I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. Go with me to the book of Esther. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're getting taught today. You may not like it. You may think it's boring, and you may go to sleep, but you're going to know. Amen? We look at Esther. Y'all know what was happening with Esther. Esther became queen, and she got put in the palace, and y'all know old Haman. Haman was seeking a high position, y'all. And in seeking that high position, when we seek high position, we don't care who we move out of a position. In this chapter here, in chapter 3, it was telling how the king promoted Haman to a high position. Remember I said pride seeks a high position. So he got promoted in that high position. So being that he was in that position, he wanted them to bow down to him. So it come to the point that Mordecai would not bow down to Haman. And being that Mordecai would not bow down, would not reverence him, guess what? He became angry. Pride will show anger when you don't exalt them. Hear what I'm saying? 
Pride will get very angry when you don't exalt them. So Mordecai would not bow down. So Haman was very angry with Mordecai. And when you're very angry with somebody, you become trying to seek your own way to get rid of that person because they wouldn't want to bow down to you. So pride becomes angry because you're not exalting me. You're not referencing me like you're doing everybody else. No, you're going to bow down before me. So this is what he did. He come up with a plan. He went back home to his wife, and he was very upset because he did not bow down. So he was seeking a way to get rid of Mordecai. But this is what pride does. Mordecai was a Jew. So he said it ain't enough to get rid of him. I'm going to get rid of his people, the Jews. So he went to the king, and he began to be deceitful to the king. See, pride is full of deceit. It's seeking its own way of doing things. It don't go, pride don't go by the word of God. Pride goes by what pride wants. When pride want to move somebody out the way, pride plans trickery to do it, deceit. So we went to the king, told the king about a lie on Mordecai. So the king sealed it with his ring to get rid of the Jews. Look what pride did. In the midst of all of that, so we see pride seek its own way. Pride becomes angry. So we see all those things in the third chapter. But look at what happened when we go to chapter 4 dealing with pride. We see how in 4, this is when Mordecai was, what, fasting? He was praying because they was going to get rid of the Jews. But in chapter 5, again, he's angry. Let me tell you why he's still angry. <laughs> because the king was going to put, well, let me go here, pride seekers honor too. He want to be honored. He want people to honor him. So when you're not being honored in the body of Christ, yes, I'm going to go there. Some people in the body of Christ feel this way. Why do it always have to be a pastor's appreciation? We all do things in the body of Christ. We all have duties that we do. Why do they always have to be honored on special, oh yeah, pride talks? Because when a person began to talk about what's going on in the body of Christ and they begin to talk about it with somebody else, they want to be exalted. They want to be lifted up. This is how Haman was. Haman wanted to receive honor. Mordecai wouldn't give him that honor. He would not reference him. So he said, I'm going to get you out the way because you're making me look bad. So he had to come up with deceit. He had to come up with trickery, a lie, whatever you want to call it, to get him out of the way. So he's seeking his own way to get him out of the way. But then it goes deeper than that. When you get in chapter 5, we find out that Mordecai did something to save the king's life. So the king was calling Haman in there and asking him, what would you do for a person if he saved your life? I'm paraphrasing it. And he was telling him, this is what I would do. But he found out it wasn't for him. That should have brought him low. That should have humbled him, but it made him more angry because he was getting recognized and he wasn't getting recognized. So guess what? Pride gets more angry when people continue to put them down and they think they're supposed to be above everybody else. So we see that he was seeking honor. Then the next thing that happened, y'all know what Esther did. She went before the king, and when she went before the king to save the Jews, if I perish, I perish, old Haman went home because he wanted them to praise him. He wanted them to praise him because he got invited to a banquet with the queen. And he got invited to a banquet with the king. Both of them come into the banquet. Pride want to be praised. Not only want to be praised, pride want to be honored. Pride want to seek its own way. Pride is very deceitful. It's all about me. It's self-seeking. So at that moment when they went in there dealing with that banquet, before that banquet, he went home and telling them the honor that he was going to get. But he didn't know that this was going to come on him. Y'all, where pride is, there will be a fall. Understand, where pride is, there will be a fall. And the enemy knows that because that's the word of God. When you are prideful and you know you are prideful and you are not admitting how prideful you are, you will fall one way or the other, right? So we see what happened. Y'all know Haman ended up the one that was getting hanged, right? Because he wanted Mordecai to be hanged, but God opened the door for the Jews, and Mordecai got his 
position. That's why the Bible says that God is the one that exalts. God is the one that brings down. It is not up to you to bring me down or nobody else down because whomever God put in position, that's who he put in position. It's not for you to say, I'm a pastor. It's not for you to say, I'm an evangelist. It's not for you to say, I'm an apostle. See, you putting yourself in a place that God has not put you. It's not for you to say, I'm a prophet. It's not for you to do that if God have not called you to that because that's self-seeking. You are promoting your own self. So the whole thing in the book of Esther is talking about how Haman wanted to be above. He wanted to be above, but what ended up happening? He ended up getting hung. So God is telling us today, we got to take off those grave clothes of pride that's in the body of Christ. Every joint supply and whatever your duty is in the body of Christ, you're supposed to do it unto the Lord. The Bible say everything that we do in word or in deed, we do it unto the Lord. Not unto us, not unto other people, but we do it unto the Lord. You don't even supposed to do it unto me. You're supposed to do it unto the God that I serve. And understand that God is going to give the one he put in authority over you, he's going to tell them what to tell you to carry out in the body of Christ. It's not for you to go to somebody else and say, this is what I'm not going to do. They don't tell me what to do because that don't even line up with the word. See, that person want to be in position, so that person is trying to put somebody else down. It is time, y'all, to get pride out of the body of Christ. Because where there is pride, there is destruction, and you will fall. Did you not know that pride produces strife? It produces quarreling? Go to Proverbs 13. The word spells everything out. And I believe God is bringing us in the body of Christ to let us know sometime what we're full of. Proverbs 13, 10. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Only by pride cometh con- comes contention. That's strife. When you see a lot of strife amongst you, pride is involved. There's a prideful person when you always see a lot of quarreling around you. That prideful person want to be seen. That prideful person want to be in charge. Y'all, a person that's full of pride don't want to come down and humble themselves. They always want to be out there to let you know what they do and how they do it. But in the body of Christ, we do it the way God would have us to do it. And I'm going to use me as an example to let you know how I know so much about pride. I didn't know a lot about pride, but God showed me my life and let me know how prideful I was when I had a position. When I had a position, y'all, and I was in a low position, and I had a lady that was over me, and I saw the things that the lady was doing was wrong. How many of y'all on your job, you see somebody doing wrong? And you know that they're doing wrong, and you get tired of them doing wrong, so you feel like you need to take it in your hands, and you need to go in there and tell them about that sister or brother. Hello? Come on, you probably just done it. You probably just done it. They ain't going to do me like that. And when I get in now. I'm going to tell them a little something, something. So it was my turn to go in there and tell them a little something, something about the lady that I felt like was doing people wrong. So when I got in there, I just told everything because they was trying to get something on this lady. So I went in there and added to what everybody else added to. So long story short, um, I got um, put in a position to be a supervisor. They were letting you try it out for a while to see who they can keep in that position. How about they kept me in the position because they got rid of the lady I told on. So I end up with the lady's office, y'all. I'm right in the office she was in, got her position, got me a raise, and the chief finance, the chief executive officer come in my office and he said, I'm not going to move you. I'm going to let you stay here until the CFO come and she can determine whether or not you need to stay in this position. CFO came, she told me, I'm going to leave you right here because I believe you could do the job. Oh, I'm smiling, y'all. I got me a position. And she said, you no longer a supervisor. I said, for real? She said, I'm going to make you director. So I was going up the corporate ladder, and she was getting me the money to go up the ladder, right? So look, I didn't even know that pride was involved in the picture because when you don't understand pride, you think you're doing right when you're actually doing wrong. And see, I was a saved person, but I did not understand pride. So I'm thinking, okay, this is where I need to be, wasn't thinking about the lady. 
got in this position, y'all, and when I got in this position, the very same way, I want y'all to catch this, God was raising me up to put me here. The very same way I done this lady, I got done the same way. This very same seat that I took and I helped many people get a job, they turned on me and told stuff on me that wasn't actually true. Y'all, I want y'all to hear what I'm saying, how pride will help you to fall. So the whole time, okay, I got demoted, y'all, and didn't understand why I got demoted. Thought I was doing a good job. I'm making this quick. And when I got demoted, I was in the office with the very same man that didn't like me. They put me up under this man. But let me tell you something. Listen to what I'm saying. Under this man. I was no longer top dog, y'all. I got put under this man, but my prideful self, when they were going to get rid of me, I said, I'll sit home. I will sit home. I would find out a business on my own before I go back into that place and help them. No, because they had demoted me. They had took my money. I, I, I was all about me. But God sent a prophet and said, you're going to get three people to tell you, you need to go back. I said, I don't care what you say. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm not going back. I, I was so full of pride, y'all. You can be so full of pride and don't know it. You got to line up with what God wants you to do. And by the way, I was saved. So got the three little whatever. And this is what the Lord told me, y'all. I hated to go, but the Lord gave me a scripture. He said, when you go out, he said, the trees are going to be clapping. He was just giving me scripture, just giving me the word of God. But when I went back in that place, this is what I said. Still had some pride in me. Told the girl, which, which I was over at one time, I said, come on, girl, we're going to do this. We're going to show them that this is going to get done. Still full of pride. Didn't know it. So as I'm sitting there keying and everybody's against me, the Lord is speaking to me. The Lord wanted me to be so low, y'all. Y'all talking about low? How low can you go? Money got taken from me. I, my check got cut in half. Bills had to be paid. I got put up under people that didn't like me no more. So I supposed to love them. I supposed to keep giving to them. God was getting me so low to show me where I was. And this is the kicker, y'all. One day I'm sitting at my desk, and this is how the Lord will humble you. He said, you remember that lady you went in there and told on? I'm sitting there saying, who? Y'all know I knew who. That lady you told on and you did this? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I want you to call her. And I want you to ask for forgiveness. And that's all I want you to say. Tell her that you're so sorry for what you've done. I picked up the phone. I was on the switchboard, y'all. Y'all check this out. I was over the switchboard. I was over all the ER, the ones that key everything. I was over the whole business office. God had me well-rounded, y'all, had me in charge of all of that. Guess where I ended up at? Back watching over the switchboard. Watching over the switchboard. God was humbling me, and I didn't even know it. He had to humble me to get me where I am today. Some of y'all don't want to be humble because you still want to be in a high position to tell somebody something. But God said, you ain't went low yet. So I called her. I apologized, and she said, basically, she knew that was God. She said, I appreciate that. I said, no, I am so sorry. I should not have done what I've done. Can you please forgive me? In the conversation. Y'all, it didn't stop there. Then God had me, the very man that done me wrong, God had me helping him, and he was getting paid way more than I was getting paid. He said, now, I want you to go in there and help him. Who? I'm telling y'all what pride does. I went in there and helped him, and Jennifer Porter worked with me. She was mad. Why are you helping him, and he's the one that caused you to lose your job? I said, because that's what I'm supposed to do. God told me to bless those who curse me, love those who hate me, pray for those who despitefully use me. I went in there, and I began to help him. He said, they got my head on a platter, done cut it off. I said, it's okay. I said, you're going to get through this. End up helping him. He end up leaving. They end up bringing somebody else in. Guess what, y'all? I still wasn't kind of humble. You know how you think you got it? You really got it? So when the next boss come in, I jumped up. And I said, I'll show him around because I know everything. And guess what a girl told me? It wasn't your job to do it. It was mine. 
And I, in my mind, I say, you hold it up, sister. You wouldn't be in this position if I hadn't put you in it. Still hadn't humbled myself. Pride was still there. God was still showing me pride. I'm helping somebody in this place because this church is full of pride. You can say what you want, but pride is in the house. And until you learn how to humble yourself through the word of God, you are not going to get where God want to take you because you're still making about what you can do. It ain't about you. Where do y'all think I got Galatians 2.20? So, okay, I'm, I'm thinking I'm okay then. But then I had to go apologize to her and say, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. Forgive me. That was wrong. Got through that stage of it, y'all. God was still humbling me. He was still putting me in a place, showing me you got to really humble yourself. So when I started, y'all, humbling myself and quit worrying about where they were putting me, but this took the cake. They moved us out of the hospital, and they took us to a building across from the hospital. Now, I'm thinking, because I was the director, I've been there longer than they have. I helped them. Surely they don't give me my own office. Y'all ain't going to believe this one. They put me beside the toilet. Won't God humble you? Put me beside the toilet. I walked in there and said, oh, where's my office? You're going to be right here, Amanda. I said, how in the world are you going to put me beside a daggone toilet? Still wasn't humble. Thought I was humble. Thought I knew everything. Put me beside a toilet. I sat there at that desk, put on my headphones, my teaching, and said, Jesus, help me. Y'all, I didn't just get here overnight. God had to break me down. Some pastors don't want to be broke down. They just want a position of authority for you to bow down to them. You better not bow down to me. You better be bowing down to the God that's in me, not me. Anytime you try to put me somewhere, I always say, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. So when they put me beside the toilet, I went up in there and I began to listen to my tapes and God began to transform my mind. I began to give God glory. Got so bored by the toilet, I was falling asleep. Boss come over there and I heard somebody saying, Amanda, y'all know how you sleep and you hear it in the distance. Amanda. I said, somebody calling my name. <laughs> I know it was Jesus. I said, somebody calling my name. And I looked up. I said, oh, hey, how you doing? I said, yeah, I was asleep. I said, I'm bored. I ain't got nothing to do. You need to, need to send me home. Had a girl in the office that wanted four days. Now, y'all, look, I want to go home. Had no time. Had no money. But I need to go home. So I said, you know what? Just give me four days. He said, what day you want off of man? I said, give me Friday. He said, you got it. The girl got so mad. She said, how can she get a Friday off? I said, thank you, Jesus. But the time that I had off, God was preparing me for that place. Y'all, when I sat there in that chair, God even gave me more work. More work. I got the work done. And people wasn't even doing their work. I had one girl to sit at the door. This is no lie. Billing person. Sit at the door and look out the door to see what everybody was doing every day. I wasn't even mad at her. I just done what I was there to do. I said, whatever she choose to do. See, God was breaking me, y'all. I wasn't even mad. I said, if they want to pay her for looking out the door, then let them pay her for looking out the door. I'm going to do what he told me to do. You know what else they did to me? They gave me some of their work. And they still looking out the door. God was testing me in my position to see how humble I was going to stay. But God was letting me know, I'm not the only one looking at you. See, people are watching you. He said, now I want you to decree and declare you coming off this job. Every day, I'm coming off this job. God said, this is not where he will have me to be. One girl said, shut up, Amanda, go sit down. You're going to be here with the rest of us. I said, that's what you say. The day I come off the job... God had given me so much peace, y'all, that people that were on the job that saw God and not me, God said they have to see me. And when they see me, you died. And this is what the girl told me when I left. She said, 
how are we going to get through like we got through? I said, the same way I got through, Jesus. I left me some Jesus in that place. They didn't see me no more, y'all. They didn't see my attitude. They didn't see my selfishness. They saw Jesus. And look, the very enemies that didn't like me put money in my hand, stood outside the place, waving, saying, oh, we're going to miss you. What am I telling you? Pride will take you through some challenges. Pride will stagnate you and not take you to the place that God wants you to be. But God had to show me, even in my demotion, that he was still God. Oh, I left one out too. When they demoted me, I politely wrote a letter to God and I told him where I wanted to be. And I told him like Haman to move this girl out of her position and give me the position because that was my position. I was full of pride. So how do I recognize pride? Because I done been through it. And it has knocked on my door during several occasions. Where there is pride, y'all, there will be a fall. So if you putting yourself, oh, quit putting people up here. They know the word. I can talk to them because they always bring them in the word. But you don't know what's in their house. They can be prideful and be so sneaky with their pride. They don't say nothing, but they want you to put them up. They don't praise themselves because the Bible says, don't you praise yourself. You let somebody else praise. But it's the God in you that they're supposed to be praising. But you get so excited and you look so dumbfounded like, oh, I ain't prideful. Yes, you are. Because when somebody don't say nothing about you no more, don't get you to do nothing, you mad on the inside, and it comes out in the home. It's time to get rid of those grave clothes of pride. It's time to humbly submit ourselves up under his mighty hand, y'all, so he can exalt us in due season. When you come in the house of God, it is to get you in the position you need to be in to go out and help somebody else. It's never about you. It's all about him. People supposed to see his glory, whether you evangelizing, whether you, whatever you doing, prophesying, prophet lying, you know, he ain't getting glory through the prophet line, but whatever you doing, you doing it unto the Lord. And when you go out, you ain't coming back home and say, honey, look what I done. You ain't done nothing. It's what he has done through you and you should be praising him. God, I praise you for using me today because I was one that I thought I couldn't be used. But God, you saw fit to use me, not because of the goodness of me, but because of the goodness of you, I'm here. Some of us still want to be praised. We want people to look up to us. We want people to call our name all the time. House full of pride. Because it's not about you, y'all. It's about what he has done. The Bible says, submit yourself to God and the devil will flee. He resists, opposes the proud. But he does give grace unto the humble. You're supposed to come to him like a little child. As humble as a little child. See, the Pharisees, they wanted high seats because they wanted high authority. They wanted people to see them instead of seeing Jesus, the Messiah. So when Jesus come in on the scene, they try to make him look like a liar. They try to make him look like a drunken. They try to make him look like a murderer. Didn't you know that pride is the one that got Jesus killed? Because they wanted him to look like a murderer and he wasn't a murderer and they let a murderer go so they can still be looked up to. This is what happens in the church. We, we congregation, thank God y'all don't have no right to vote me into nothing. Nothing. Got churches voting people in and voting them out. If you don't say their name right, they got to go. Some people go way across the United States to find something on the pastor to get them out the church. Come on, that ain't God. 
Because, see, the pastor's the one that's supposed to be nurturing the church. The pastor's the one that's supposed to be giving them the word of God, telling them what God is saying, not the deacons telling the pastor. Brother Willingham better not come in my face. I'm going to cast that demon out. You better come right. You better come through the word. See, this is the problem in the body of Christ. The people are trying to run God. That's pride. You got a house full of pride. The people trying to tell the pastor what to do because they want the pastor's position. You got the title pastor, but I tell you what to say. I'm the one that worked the ropes. You the puppet. Come on, the, the churches are full of pride. They want people to see them and not God. And what they do, the, the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. The reason why, because they're putting their traditions in place because they want to be top dog. Have y'all ever heard somebody, when it comes to the word, if the word say don't, somebody will say, well, I believe he meant something else. No, he didn't. Because people are trying to justify what they do when the word say don't fornicate or don't commit adultery, or, or don't divorce. And people say, no, I believe it's other reasons for divorce. Where is it at in the word? Adultery is your reason for divorce. If your husband is kicking your tail, it is because you married somebody. God didn't tell you to marry, and your tail getting kicked. We quiet now. You cannot divorce a person. I'm still talking about pride. Pride changes the word of God. Pride seeks its own way to be right. Pride will say you can lay with a person just because you in love. No, the words say flee fornication. We done added to the word of God to do what we want to do. Church is so quiet. Come on, these grave clothes have to come off. Truth got to be told. If the word is telling you don't, you don't. And you don't try to justify what he's saying. I don't want to marry you no more because you too much in my business. You too much telling me what to do. I'm going to confess this, y'all. And the Lord got me on this. See, I don't mind talking about me. I talk about little old me. That's why people try to find so much on little old me. Because I talk about me. Y'all, I remember when me and my husband was getting married. We got married in the rental home, right in the living room. And I told this pastor this. I told him this. I looked at him. I said, why do the woman got to say obey this man? It don't say the man got to obey the woman. I said, don't you even put obey in my vows. I sure did. I wasn't saved then, but I told him. I said, he got to say obey me. He said, we know that's that's the way the vows go, but if you don't want it in there, I won't put it. I said, thank you. See what I'm saying? I was full of pride. God had to break me down, he said, with your controlling self. Come on, when the Lord was breaking me down, I was crying out to the Lord. This man don't even remember this day. He should have remembered this day. He should have took a picture of my face. He should have that picture pinned up to know that the Lord has changed this woman. He was in the bathroom shaving. I'm in my prayer room. I'm glorifying God. And God say, you too controlling. Who that? God began to break it down. He said, go apologize to your husband for being controlling. I went in there, eyes all puffy, crying and everything, telling him, I said, what's wrong with you? I'm like, come on now, come on. I'm trying to give you a confession here. <laughs> and you acting all nice about it. I'm trying to tell you. I'm getting delivered from this. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Some of you women is Jezebels. Yeah. And the men know you Jezebel, but just to keep peace in their house, they become Ahab. They do. I ain't messing with that woman. I'm going to have some peace tonight. You better cut up with the word. Y'all like like y'all scared of these women. My husband ain't scared. He ain't scared no more. (laughs) I'm picking. I'm picking, y'all. I'm picking on my husband. I love to pick on him. Let me tell you, he'll stand up now. He'll stand up, then I have to be like, what? Where that come from? I'm going to call my daddy on you. 
But all of us women have a little bit of jazzy. Mm-hmm. And the only way you recognize jazzy is through the word. And men, you know you have jazzy in your house. But you leave your house to keep peace. You give jazzy money to keep peace. It's pride in the house. And it's time to let go of these pride. Oh, by the way, men, you can be a Jezebel too. You can be in so much control in that house. I'm the priest in this home. I do this and I do that. And don't do nothing but say what you do. It's all about what you do and you ain't done nothing. But you the priest. You bring me the money. The priests take care of that money. No, you don't work. You don't eat, priest. So we need to let go of these grave clothes, y'all, because God will not move us. We'll move ourselves, and it won't be no anointing on it. You won't be smeared with the glory of God. So it's time to loose these things. God is saying, let pride go. He said, you're supposed to be clothed with humility. Clothe yourself with humility. You got to do that through the word of God. Getting ready to close. Moses, he clothed himself. He prayed for the ones that was coming up against him. Did he not? He did it every time. He stood in the gap with the ones that was coming up against him. I have learned that when people lie on me, I just pray for them. I don't go out and try to lie back on them. When I know people are doing me wrong, I just pray for them. I still encourage them. Why? Because I learned to clothe myself with humility. I don't come back in with a gun and shoot them and tell people's false stuff against them to make me look good. I already look good in God's eyes. So we're supposed to, y'all, show love. We're supposed to be considerate and love one another. We don't supposed to be coming against one another. We don't supposed to be seeking position in the body of Christ. Because wherever you need to be positioned, God is going to put you in that position. Pride. Want to be exalted. And the way to get rid of pride is through humility and being meek. And that comes through getting into the word of God, knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. So, Father, on this day, pride has been exposed to the ones that's in this place. And, Father God, to those that have heard it and to those know that they have a form of pride in their life, Father, I thank you that they open their heart and they repent. And they have a change of heart and a change of mind and say, Whoa, God, it is me. And forgive me, God, for wearing a garment of pride. So, Father, right now, we bind pride throughout this church in Jesus' name. We curse it at the root in the name of Jesus, and we loose your humility amongst your people on today in Jesus' name. Because it's not about us. It's all about you. And we come to give God glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Woman of God behind this woman of God, Renee. Could you step up here? Yes, ma'am. 